Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. We have another company update here. Welcoming in, uh, I believe this is the first time we're hearing from Dolly Varden Silver and the CEO of the company, Mr. Sean Kuhn-Kuhn. Uh, Sean, you and I, have you have been on the show before, but it was a couple of years ago when you were with a different companies. But today we're going to talk specifically more of an introduction update from Dolly Varden. For people interested in Dolly Varden, please know that they have uh, two projects within their asset portfolio. Uh, first, they have the namesake Dolly Varden Silver property and the nearby Big Bulk Copper Gold property. Uh, so Sean, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. How have you been? Yeah, Trevor, I've been uh, uh, I've been well. Thank you for having me on. And I think like a lot of people in the, uh, in the mining business, I've been uh, very, very, very busy. Yes. Uh, your, your name continues to pop up not only with Dolly Varden, uh, you know, we your name was dropped a, a week or two ago with the uh, Gold Shore uh, introduction we had on the show. Uh, you have also been involved with the uh, Black Wolf team as well, that kind of behind the scenes there. So uh, you are obviously very busy, but today we're going to talk specifically Dolly Varden. It's been a little quiet news news wise for Dolly Varden. So, you know, if you give us kind of an update, what's the 30,000 foot view of Dolly Varden right now? Sure. So I have been um, at the helm since February of 2020. So, uh, you know, just over a year now. And what I, I inherited a, a great company. Um, it was a company that uh, had about a $20 million market cap. Uh, there was about 3 million in the bank. And uh, there was a maiden resource of uh, 44 million ounces of 300 gram silver. Uh, so it was a tremendous, uh, tremendous start. Um, however, for whatever reason, the enterprise value per ounce uh, of the company was at about half the value of its peers. So what what this you know why why that attracted me was I thought you know this this it's it's undervalued like this is this is a double from here, um, and so I approached uh, renowned investor Eric Sprott who uh, took a nineteen percent stake after uh, I came on as CEO. And, um, you know, Hecla, um, who's uh, been producing precious metals for the last hundred years, uh, they, they've, uh, they put a lot of money into the company last year. Um, so essentially what, I, what I've done uh, in my first year as CEO is I've put together a very strong technical team that includes uh, uh, your guest yesterday, Rob McLeod. Rob's a director and a technical advisor and a lot of uh, Rob's contacts who have worked in the Golden Triangle and are very familiar with these types of rocks. Uh, so we've got a great team um, and uh, raised about $27 million last year, uh, very accretively. So, you know, starting at 30 cents, then at 45, then at 71, and lastly at a dollar. And um, so we filled the treasury. We did it in a very non-dilutive way. And, uh, you know, when I when I first started, the, we, it wasn't a very liquid stock and, you know, the stock, it trades really well. We've got some great institutional ownership now. Um, you, you mentioned about the news front, you know, news, uh, you know, not being as newsy as we were in the past. And that's uh, that reflects the nature of the size of company we currently are and also where it's located. And so we're, we're just about to open camp um, at the end of this month. Actually, I'm happy to report. So we'll be putting out detailed exploration plans. Um, but essentially what we have here is we've got a high grade pure silver mine in Canada, 
So it's it's rare on so many levels. Like, you know, try, trying to find a company that's in silver is rare. Trying to find a company in a safe jurisdiction is, is very rare in silver. And then a lot of my peers report silver equivalents. So they've got lead projects, they've got gold projects, um, they've got projects that have a silver component. But if you if you look at our numbers, it's all silver. And so it's very, it's a it's unique and rare amongst a very small group of companies. And it's why it makes it so special. But um, you know, there's Trevor, there's some tremendous opportunities for regional MA. So we've got Fury Gold Mines uh, to our west, and we've got Hecla to our east. So there's tremendous opportunities for a district, uh, a camp here. And um, we've got uh, we've got a very healthy treasury to attack the 2021 drill program. We've got over 20 million in the bank for this year's program. You made me think a little bit because I was thinking like, okay, specific silver plays in Canada, and obviously the first one that pops in my head is Kino Hill up in the Yukon. But then when you come down to the Golden Triangle, you mentioned s- similar rocks, but those the similarities in the rocks and the Golden Triangle are abundant. There's a lot of different mineralization in the gold in in the in the Golden Triangle. Can you? Like, what other type of silver-specific opportunities outside of Dolly Varden property lines are there in the Silver Plate and Golden Triangle? Well, you know, it, if you look at SK Creek, <clears throat> which started as a, a, a silver discovery and actually ended up producing, I think the numbers were 200 million ounces of silver at about 2,200 gram per ton silver. Um, so there's a lot of similarities um, from Dolly to SK in terms of, uh, you know, ha- wh- you know, the, the way the projects are situated, um, you know, that would be the, the, the an analog. Um, so there is a lot of evidence in the triangle. Um, you know, we, we think of a lot of these mines as gold mines, for example, or for example, uh, Premier, um, produced a lot of high grade silver, um, which is just up the street. That's currently, uh, uh owned and operated right now by Ascot. Um, so there's a lot of evidence for silver in Canada. Um, what makes Dolly unique is the fact that there is no big byproducts yet. But I, I think there's there's a lot of prospectivity on the property. Um, you know, we we started exploring to the west of our property last summer into what we call the gold belt. So on our on our border, you've got a million ounces of high grade gold at Fury Gold Mines. And that Western gold belt is actually coming right onto the Western border of our property. And um, we were finding uh, anomalous gold values in drilling as well as elevated copper. And so there is I, I think what we have here is we've got a system. Uh, a part of that system is tremendous endowment of high grade silver. And I think the potential is for far more than the 44 million ounce is that we have in this conservative resource estimate. Uh, you know, there's, there's conservatively, I see a path to hundred million ounces on the property, uh, pure silver. But what's really interesting in the wild card is, is there a large gold system lurking on the property as well? And there's a lot of evidence that, uh, you know, through the the string of porphyries that we have, including big bulk and, and others, that there's a there's tremendous mineral potential in the whole area here on our property. That's a good segue into asking what how you're going to allocate this 27 million for exploration. Can you talk to us about the 2021 strategy uh, as far as early exploration, surface type, geophysical type work, uh, drilling? Will you be kind of testing some of these gold structures as well that you have? Yeah, good, good question. So, 
I've, I've outlaid a two-year plan, and we've got a, a tremendous amount of studies that are, are in the works right now from geophysics to structural work to even engineering. So, you know, the high-level strategy right now, and more details will be released in, in, uh, in upcoming updates, but essentially, it's going to be a 50% focus around existing mines. So the big, uh, the big prize on the property is a mine called Torbrit that produced 18 million ounces of 500 gram silver and currently contains about 35 million ounces of 300 gram silver. So we're taking 50% uh, of our budget and we're looking to advance Torbrit to look at enhancing Torbrit, to de-risking Torbrit, to look at extending and expanding Torbrit. In 2020, um, we had some uh, successful step-out drilling where we stepped out of the known resource area and we were uh, extending and expanding Torbrit. So half half of the focus will be around Torbrit. Then the other half, uh, we're going... Uh, we're, we're, we're going to try to nail a new discovery. Um, you know, you look at what is going to really move the needle here um, is if we can find another Torbrit. We've got a four and a half kilometer potassic alteration zone that's heading north into the valley. And uh, there's a lot of evidence that there's another Torbrit uh, lurking there. So we're working with uh, some, uh, some geophysicists and uh, working with uh, some very, very uh, smart structural geologists in terms of vectoring into those areas. Um, and so it's a 50-50 split. And, um, and uh, you know, what we've done is in the spirit of continuing to try to de-risk the project, we have, uh, you know, we've secured uh, certain lands and, and certain surface rights. So, you know, beyond the, the mineral endowment, we've also got a very strict, we've got strategic ass, uh, access in terms of infrastructure to the, the port there at Alisarm. And uh, there's, you know, you know, when I think of the Golden Triangle, um, you know, the Golden Triangle has got some tremendous mineral endowment, but some of the projects are, are, are somewhat remote um, and they've got some, uh, you know, so, <laughs> to put it nicely, as I see you smiling there, Trevor. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> and, and not only are they remote, but, you know, there's some, there's some, you know, from a, topographically, they're, they're challenging, right? They're still on the sides of mountains and, and, you know, this, this area here at Alice Arm, which is just south of Stewart, is different. Like, we've got a road that comes in from Terrace right to Kitsault. We've got a road from Alice Arm right to the project. Um, you know, there's, there's power lines in. There's, uh, you know, you know we, we barge up all of our equipment. Um, you know, we don't have the same uh, challenges in terms of topography as other projects. So this uh, was a producer. Um you know, I, I think this cycle will produce again, but what I think the real opportunity here is if you take the borders down in terms of the property borders of Dolly and Fury and Hecla, you've got a district here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, last year we were the only ones that were doing any exploration work. Um, this year there's going to be five companies drilling. So we've got, you know, Hecla will be running a program at, at, at Kim's Kutch. Uh, Fury will be running a program at Homestake Ridge and a big program. They'll be drilling 25,000 meters. You've got a couple of other juniors in Goliath and Libero. Uh, Libero's drilling right next to our big bulk, um, which is the copper gold porphyry target. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've got a lot of activity that we didn't see last year. Um, and uh, that's, it's, I'm very, very excited for 2021. I did want to ask you about getting onto the ground there, getting camp going. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to Derek White, CEO of Ascot Resources, 
Uh, it was on the back of a financing, which was a little bit of a surprise to the market and their shareholders. But really what it came down to is things are more expensive to get that ball mill up and going than they were three months prior. Inflation's a real thing. Costs are higher. I'm wondering if you could give us a comment on are you seeing higher costs just to get camps going as compared to what you had seen in previous years? Um, I guess like well, 2020, I saw it. I saw it in some of the uh, safety protocols around COVID. Um, so that that increased our costs. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't want to use the word incrementally because it, you know, it's a, it's a line item. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I guess lumber has been the, the biggest factor, um, you know, so when you're pad building, uh, so, you know, we try to get ahead of that by getting our lumber's order, orders in uh, very early. We saw that uh, cost pressure coming. Um, so, yeah, you know what, it, you know, I think the biggest, you know, from being involved in previous cycles, like if you go back to the 2010 cycle, um, it was really the, uh, the, the, the wage inflation, uh, the cost of capital, like that was the, like, that's often like 50% of the input for these pro- types of projects. Um, and so finding good people um, is, is one of the, the biggest challenges. And I think that's one of our competitive advantages. Um, but, uh, you know, finding good people is uh, there is a cost in that. Yeah. So I think that's where uh, we're starting to see there is uh, there's a real scarcity around, um, you know, having uh, capable um, ch- ch- operating officers. Yeah. Uh, on a personal note, I want to get your thoughts here on why you seem to always be attracted to silver and silver exploration, because I remember a couple of years ago. You and our mutual, the first time you met was through a mutual friend, Andy Randall, and you just are showed up at this one conference in Colorado, like, you know, complete surprise. But, you know, you and Andy come up with this beautiful rocks, silver rock specimen from a previous company. And now here you are once again. Oh, there it is in your hand. (laughs) So what is it about silver that like attracts you to these types of management positions and type of exploration activities? Um, I just experienced. So like growing up, um, you know, my parents are from India and so growing up around, um, gold and around, you know, this idea that, um, you know, that's how you store value and store wealth. So, you know, that's sort of just, you know, it's in, it's in my blood and, um, and then getting into the junior mining sector in my early twenties, um, I had to work really hard, uh, to keep my head above water and so I, I worked my tail off for about six and a half years on a gold project. And then I got involved in a silver project in around 2010. And what took me six and a half years to accomplish occurred in six months in silver. And so that kind of, that, that bug sort of was placed. So when I came, you know, I started mucking around with base metals in the Bathurst mining camp when the gold price rolled over in 2011. So when I came back to gold in 2014, um, I decided to, go all into silver in 2018. And that's when you and I met for the first time at Beaver Creek. Um, And it was actually from that project that brought me to Dolly. Um, You know, I I guess my long-winded answer here, Trevor, is I believe um, that we're we're moving to a silver price that is going to be drastically higher than where we are right now. But that philosophy and even on the gold price that those philosophies and those targets don't really alter the types of projects I go for. Like um, if I shared with you where I think silver was going, 
I should be going after a billion ounces of low grade that are uneconomic today, but I don't. I, I stick with grade. I stick to Canada. Um, but yeah, I have a I have a, a, a love for gold and silver. And um, and thanks to my buddy Rob McLeod, I'm a growing love for copper. Um, but uh, you know, and, and those are all forms of money at one time, right? And uh, I'm in the camp that uh, you know it's a great way to to store wealth and to uh, protect yourself against uh, inflation. Sean, it's a pleasure to catch up with you once again. It has been too long, and uh, you're welcome back to the show anytime. But we'd also look forward to sharing any, you know, very important news out of Dolly Varden here in the next coming months as you continue to do your exploration work. Thanks so much, Trevor. Pleasure to be on. Sean Kuhn from Dolly Varden Silver. They trade on the TSX Venture with the symbol DV and also on the OTC with D-O-L-L-F. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decision.